a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. listening to the music and concert zone with johnny lightfoot and trent falcone on 97.5-1280 the zone all right welcome in it is the music and concert zone johnny lightfoot trent falcone what's up buddy how are you i am good it's another week another week here we are. Still rocking and rolling. We cut the power yet. Ears still ringing from the week of concerts. But we're not going to talk about Kiss, I can tell you that. For <laughs> some reason, I feel we probably will. Yeah, I'm lying. Come on. We got to review at least what we saw. That's what we do. That's what the show is. Look, since our last show, we saw Kiss, Alanis Morissette, we saw Lady, Lady A. A, and then you probably saw six or seven more in that time. Uh, I actually ducked out on a few, um, because the, the three that you just mentioned, I was beat. I was beat. It takes a lot out of you. I just went and attended three shows in a row and I was beat up. You were working three shows in a row. So you must've just been absolutely destroyed. Uh, well, it was a, it was a long week and, um, you know, I'm not getting any younger, but, uh, it was a fun week. Oh yeah. So as a fan... Where do we start? You know, there's one thing I want to start with, and I want everyone to kind of hear this. In the past, um, it's been known that USANA Amphitheater is very difficult to get in and out of. It's always kind of been one of the biggest complaints about USANA. I have to tell you, Trent, I got out of there after KISS in about 15 minutes total. And that includes walking time to my car. Really? I got out of... Uh, Kiss, Lady A, and Atlantis Morissette all under a half hour. Well, that's so I, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll share that story. I think it's I, what I, what I'm getting at is I think the uh, Usana Amphitheater has been understanding and listening to people saying, "Oh, I love going there, but it's so hard for parking and getting out after the show." And I think they have done something about it. Well, they have a uh, a good staff of professionals, you know, and they they have I'm not I won't say his name, but there's a gentleman in charge of that who, you know, he flies and he does the Super Bowl, he wow. does the World Series, he does things like that. So wow, you know, okay. <clears throat> they have they uh, they have people that that's what they do. And um, look, the argument is this: there's twenty thousand people. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. This is my argument. I'm sorry. There's tw- there's twenty thousand people coming, right? It's gonna be a minute. 
It's going to take a minute to get in. It's going to take a minute to get out. It's you're going to wait in line. You're going to have to, yeah. you know, again, See, I'm heard, sorry. There's 20,000 people, right? I've heard stories in the past. And, and I got to admit, I was in some of those stories in the past where it's an hour and a half just to get out of the parking mm-hmm. lot. And that's why I mentioned it was like less than 30 minutes for everything. It was more like 15 for kiss. Well, and again, you know, it 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 depends on many factors, and we, they're they're not very entertaining to talk about, so we won't. But you know, obviously, right? It's it just depends on how the evening is going. Right. If there's a if there's if there's trouble, if there are problems, depending sure. on which lot you're at. You know, of course, if there's an accident on what's that fifty six hundred West, I mm-hmm. believe is what that is. That can always slow it down. But what I'm getting at is, if you have been afraid to go back out, don't to, be. To, yeah, don't be. If you've been afraid to go back out to Usana because you're like, oh, the parking and the traffic. Yes, it's still the one road, but they have done such a great job uh, fixing that and noticing that. Hey, there's two ways to get into this and so getting out is just difficult they have fixed it they have done something much better to make it better and i i gotta tell you that i mean the show was amazing but i'm still talking about today almost a week later <laughs> getting out how easy it the was parking cool so i think that's a plus for anyone that has been a little shy to go back to you sauna don't be go out they're fixing it now it may be different at a different concert i may have just gotten lucky like you said but they're nope, aware of it, and they're legit. getting people in and out quick. No, it's legit. They uh, again, you know, they've got professionals who focus on that. That's what they do. Is it going to be perfect? No. Are you, Never. Go- you know, are you going to get out and you know, it, again, when you've got twenty thousand people, ten thousand, whatever, it's going to take a second. So sure, but that's good to hear. I'll pass that on. Yeah. And uh, as a fan, how was the week for you? It was. It was pretty awesome. I mean, uh, the week started off with uh, with Kiss. And uh, it's hard to follow Kiss for any other concert. Obviously, that was just absolutely an amazing show from top to bottom, from the first note, from the cur- even the you know what I'm not gonna lie, even the painter was kind of fun. I I didn't see a second of it. Was it was it, was it, it was cool? kind of fun. I mean, noticing that when I saw him, I'm like, oh, this was the guy that was on America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. So I, I remember I remember that <clears throat> and seeing him draw. The faces, uh, I think he did Joan Jett first. I don't know who he did second because I walked out over to Merch at that time. But uh, I came back and saw the the kiss, one that he did that he closes the show with. And I got to tell you, from what I saw, it was fun. He did it all within, I think he did the whole painting within two songs. So if you go on the three-minute rule, that's six minutes. He did an entire painting. Yeah, I um, I saw the painting come off the stage. I didn't see him do it. Um, and I know some people called me that day and asked me, you know, like, well, who's the opening act as we talked, like Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be David Lee Roth, but that changed a long time ago. And, uh, I told them I, and I tried to explain it and they, they, uh, you could hear the confusion in, in their voice, like (laughs) a painter. Well, yeah. said, yeah, he's basically like a graffiti artist. He goes on stage, he paints a mural of them. And then for those of you that don't know or care, uh, the band signed it, right? And then they auction it off, and they donate that that money to charities. Which I, you know, that's. And again, I told somebody, listen, let's be honest. Nobody wants to see an opening act at Kiss. No, you don't. Unless it's David Lee Roth, that would have been probably the best opening act. That would have been interesting had, to see. Right? Yes, in the last twenty years, nobody cares. I'm uh, sorry, you know, that's you're, a no, that's a right. band you don't want to open for. No, you don't. People want to see them. They want to see the two hours. They. 
you know, like that's that's great. Good for you for doing something different and yeah. something that does some good, right? David Garbaldi mm-hmm. was his name, and not to be confused with Frank Garbaldi, the guitar player, but David Garbaldi, the painter, and uh, fun. It was fun. Cool. I I did enjoy it. Um, it was quick. It was like fifteen minutes, which cool. was perfect. Cool. But uh, it was it was a good time. And then of course, Kiss hits the stage, and it was. Top to bottom entertainment from the opening note to the last graffiti bomb. All of it was just unbelievable. I'm disappointed I didn't get a... Did you say uh, graffiti bomb? I did say graffiti bomb. What's a graffiti bomb? Well, when they shoot the graffiti out, you know, and it's just constant coming out of the cannons. I know it's graffiti. Confetti? What did I say? Graffiti? (laughs) Oh, yeah, confetti. That's what I'm talking about. Confetti. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Confetti. April 9th. No, April 8th, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. Confetti bombs. Confetti bombs. Confetti Got bombs. It. Thank you. You like, were talking about the... graffiti artists, and some reason it just stuck in yeah, my head. Like, I, I don't, I'm not aware of what a graffiti bomb is. That's cool. That's Dude, when David Garbaldi comes out and paints Kenny, this whole stage. Kenny Kramer. Okay, right. Who's that? <laughs> That's your new Twitter Anyhow, angle. okay. So, and then Alanis the next night. I saw Alanis the next night, and I have to say... Uh, garbage was great. Um, they were good. Weren't they, they were really good. She's just fiery. She talked a lot. She and talked she a little just bit. Is, but she's she's great. just fiery, sassy. When she sang, it was spot on. Mm. The band sounded awesome. But I feel sorry for anyone that has to follow a Kiss concert if you went to the Kiss concert and then the next night. Alanis came on and it was great. And I loved hearing all of the songs. And she is an absolute powerhouse of a singer. Um, I don't know if you noticed or, or watched any of it, but just just so you know, most people when they sing have the microphone right up next to their mouth <clears> and they're singing. Her microphone was down by her waist, and she was hitting those notes and so loud still. Unbelievable vocalist. I did not notice. I knew she was a great songwriter and singer, not a great harmonica player. She knows how to breathe in and breathe out, and Is that's about it. Is there such a thing as a great harmonica player? Oh, yeah, blues blues. No travelers. disrespect well, no disrespect to harmonica players. No, moving no, on. No, but so to, she was great. To your point, <clears throat> she, as we discussed last week, not the biggest fan. Sure, and that's the thing: the vocals, not my cup of tea. Sure, she was so good, or I should say, she was so powerful. Yes, I questioned if it was live because I've... the microphone was so far away. Right, you saw that too then. It okay. was so far away from her mouth. Yeah, yeah. And she had so much power and so much control Yep. that I, and I was in the front for a decent amount of the show, and I was questioning, like, is this, is this real? Is this live? Well, yeah. And I think it was. I heard a lot of people say that for that exact reason. She can belt. But then I started out. looking around the stage... And I noticed, okay, there's a drum shield up in front of the drummer. There's shields up in front of the guitar amps. And that's because when you have a – okay, pulling back the curtain. When you have a microphone so far away, and in order to get it above the band, you have to turn the gain of the microphone up. Now, what that does is it also picks up everything else around you. It's called room noise, basically. So if the drums are blaring and not protected by a drum shield, they would be coming into that microphone. The guitar amps would be coming into that microphone. But because everything was shielded, they were able to get that vocal way up. If she would have held a microphone like a normal singer, 
it would have been distorting and clipping and just not sounded great. So I really have to give it to their sound man for being able to control that, her being able to know what a powerhouse she is and uh, and have such great control over it. So, yes, um, I found her show not as entertaining as Kiss. Be- I mean, come on. It's a Kiss show. It's, sure. it's a party every second. Her show is more of, look, I'm getting up. It's about the music. It's about the songs. It's that 90s vibe. It's not about entertainment. It's about the show. <laughs> and I, th- I thought it was great. Now, I think she did play a lot of ballads in a row. I think there was five ballads in a row that I caught, and not too many of them were her major hits. And then when she brought back her... Her, her songs off Jagged Little Pill, the place went nuts, and everyone in the audience was singing every single word, and it was unbelievable. Yeah. But, I did not see the ending. Um, so you didn't see You Ought to Know? No. Nope. That is uh, that is the song that made me realize that she's not for me. Uh, fair enough. And uh, after the night before, I was not interested in competing with uh, 19,000 people leaving. Yeah. Oh, despite yeah. your story. Yeah, sure. Uh, about getting out quickly, I uh, I try to I try to bounce before everybody else. I'm usually done with my duties, so I get that. But no, she was. Uh, yeah, I agreed. She was. Um, I did see a few of the hits, and yeah, she was. She was great. She did what she was supposed to do, and the people Absolutely. loved her. Loved her. I was surprised. I got to be honest. The reaction to garbage was cool. Oh, they were. Great. That was cool. Surely, I bought a garbage shirt. I didn't buy an oh, Atlanta really? shirt. I bought a really? garbage shirt. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it was so good. She was great. She's. They were as good as they they've ever been. My only only complaint about garbage was, and this is not even a big thing. The drummer used an electronic kit. That was my only complaint. I had a buddy comment on that, and I thought the original drummer was Butch Vig, mm-hmm. if you recall. Yeah, that wasn't him. No, it was not him, because I went to look and see who it was. This is nerd. Nobody cares. But it was Morrissey's old drummer. Oh, is that right? Matt Walker. Oh, boy. You yeah. must have been in seventh heaven. Well, I'm a Morrissey fan, if, yeah. uh, you know, if you didn't know. Uh, and I just went to see him in Vegas not that long ago, and he was Matt Walker was not the drummer. And I thought, well, that's Was it kinda... Butch Vig? It was Butch Vig. Yeah. It was Kenny Kramer. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Anyhow. Well, and then the next night after Alanis Morissette was Lady A with uh, Carly Pierce, uh, Nico Moon, and I'm forgetting the opener, opener, Ten- something. Tintini Arts. Art. Yeah. Um, that was another great night, and I was in the pit for that one. So I, I was probably seven people away from the front of the stage, and – I like Lady A a lot. I think they have great songs. And the nice thing about them, they've been around long enough that almost, it's like Kiss, almost every song they play is a, is a known recognizable, song. Yeah, yeah, recognizable known song. So that was a lot of fun. Three great nights of just fun, different music each night. And uh, and honestly, I sat in all three places you could be in USANA. I sat in Great Seats for Kiss. I sat in the very back on the lawn for Atlantis. And I sat, well, stood right up front in the pit for Lady A. And I enjoyed every second of all those shows where I was sitting. Great to hear. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had a different perspective. Uh, obviously not there as a, as a fan, but, uh, no, it was, it was a great, it was a great week again. You know, that's the beautiful thing about this. There's something for everybody. Everybody was equally happy. Uh, you know, again, backing up Lady A, uh, they were great. And Carly Pierce, I, I know you seem like you were sort of lukewarm on Carly Pierce or was it the other one? Um, I was, no, I was, I was lukewarm on Carly. I thought she did a great job and I think it's awesome that she's now part of the Grand Old Opry. Um, and her songs were good. I just didn't know a lot of them. 
Sure. Um, so I didn't really get into it. I, by by that time, I was ready for Lady A. Sure. And, uh, and 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 she put on a great show, and she did a great job, and she sings great. But I just didn't wasn't super familiar with her tune. So and American Honey is just a that's just a great. song. Oh, by Lady A, right? By Lady A, it's yeah. just a great song. So good. Maybe overplayed, like we discussed last week. Sometimes radio overplays things, but man, what a great, great tune! Great week of music. If you uh, if you weren't there, you know, uh, time's ticking. You saw an amphitheater's closing in uh, in a few weeks. Not closing, but the season is over. Season's over, right? Uh, Pitbull in three eleven, and then of course Doobie Brothers uh, today. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Get out, enjoy some music. I believe Red Butte's done for the season. Yeah, it's not, we're getting into that fall season, yeah. so the outdoor venues are closing. There's going to be a lot more shows throughout the winter at Vivid Arena, at the Depot. Um, there'll be a few other. I mean, Liquid Joe's is going to have some some smaller acts coming in. Still great shows, uh, but th- you're still live music coming. Just because Usana and Red Butte are closing their season doesn't mean that the concert season is no. Over. Plenty of music coming. Plenty of live music coming. Now, Trent, I think we should get to one thing that just kind of came down this week uh, about Judas Priest. Yeah. We kind of need to discuss this. Um, Judas Priest was going to be this Thursday, so tomorrow. Uh, however, the guitar player, uh, Richie Faulkner, had emergency heart surgery, and they had to cancel the remainder of their tour. Now... I'm saying this because here at 1280 The Zone 97.5, we gave away a lot of Judas Priest tickets. And if you happen to be one of those winners, hold on to your tickets. This concert will be rescheduled. It hasn't been canceled. It's just been postponed. Your tickets will still be good. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, As of right now, everything is good. They're just going to find the date, and we're going to bring back uh, Judas Priest for the makeup show. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you you said it all. You know, things happen, and uh, I, my understanding is he's he's doing well, right? Yes, his wife came out on. Uh, let's see, what was it? It looks like Instagram uh, or Twitter, one of those two, basically saying they've received tons of messages. You know, get well, hope everything's great. They're thankful for all of them. She's been trying to read and get back to as many people as she can. Richie underwent major emergency heart surgery, and he is stable and resting. And she she went on to say, if you know him, you know how tough and strong he is, so tough that he finished the show and kept the hair flips coming before he went into the hospital. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, people tend to get, you know, some people, they get mad, uh, you know, when bands cancel or they postpone. And I understand it's disappointing. It's happened to me in, in the past many times as a fan. Uh, and especially if you travel somewhere, you know, that's a that's brutal when you travel of to a different state. And But, my God, things happen, you know. Pe- these guys yeah. are humans, right? Things happen. Sure. They don't do it to annoy you. They don't do it to inconvenience you. It's not a, you know, it's not a personal slight. Uh, things happen, you know, and it's it's sort of disappointing to read. You know, I, I've stopped doing it, quite honestly. I try not to read the comments uh, that people sure. leave. Because most people, right, as you should be, it's a rock concert, right? How yeah, about his yeah. health? Right, it's important. You're, you know, let's not worry about the concert well, being postponed. Put, How is he doing? Some, is he okay? Right? Some people tend to put musicians up on a pedestal and think they're infallible. Sure. They are human. Things do happen. I mean, going back to Kiss, there was a show where Paul Stanley had a heart problem, 
and didn't do the show. The Kiss performed as a trio. So For, first you and know, last time, I think that's ever happened. But. Right, and so and what I'm getting at is they they are completely, you know, they they are fallible. They are human. Things do happen. They do have lives. They're not just there for my entertainment or your entertainment to be on stage. They they do have lives and things happen. However, there is some good news. If you are a Priest fan, uh, K.K. Downing, the original guitar player for Judas Priest, is releasing a brand new record this Friday. Wow. Um, the band is called K.K.'s Priest. <laughs> and, uh, well, why wouldn't it be? Right. And this, the album is called Sermons of the Sinner. They've released six tracks and videos already. You can find them on the inter- interweb somewhere. And I got to tell you, Trent, this album... Sounds a little bit like Painkiller. Interesting. So if you are a Priest fan and you had tickets and you're just totally bummed that you can't see them this week, again, you will be able to see them, but there is a brand new record coming out by KK called KK's Priest, Sermons of the Sinner. You can get that Priest fix this Friday. So that's good news, right? That's good news. And again, they're going to come back. They'll announce uh, a date fairly soon, and um, you'll get to see them. So Good news. Look at it. Hey, Again, we have to really we have to stop talking about Kiss now. I know. Um, we went through it what two two times, three years. That show was postponed. Yeah, I know. It makes it all the more rewarding and enjoyable when you finally get to see the band that you want to see. Alanis Morissette was another one. She was a 2020 show, right? That got postponed and just played off. So uh, Doobie Brothers, same thing. You know, it, things happen. Clearly, who would have guessed 2020 was going to go the way it did? But uh, yeah, people. Have other health problems, right? And they have to. They have to. That's the priority. So um, yeah, I'm glad he's doing well. I'm excited to see them. I don't think I've seen them. I don't think I've ever seen Judas Priest. Have I? I don't think I have. I saw them last time they came to Maverick Center a few years ago. Yeah, strangely, I don't think I've seen that show. Uh-huh. And Rob Halford is as cool as they get. He's so cool. He's a. He's a, again. He's an Aussie category. Just cool. Yeah, absolutely cool. All right, well, we are going to take a short break. We've already short break. Sorry, we've already burned through uh, segment one here, Trent. With pretty pretty quick. Actually, we didn't we talk about over. anything. We didn't talk about anything. We just talked about how cool the shows were. Graffiti bombs. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let it go. No, that's fine. When we get back, we are going to dive into a couple other things. We've got the concert calendar coming up for some remaining shows, um, and. Uh, we're going to get into some vintage vinyl. We're going to get into a few things. So hang tight. We will be right back. This is the Music and Concert Zone. I am Johnny Lightfoot. He is Trent Falcone. You can find me at Johnny Lightfoot One. You can find Trent not yet on Twitter, but he Johnny will be Lightfoot under. Johnny Lightfoot One. You, it will be under uh, Kenny Kramer at some point, I'm sure. Sure. Why not? Anyway, this is 1280 The Zone and 97.5. We will be right back. You're listening to the Music and Concert Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Ah, segment two, the Music and Concert Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone. This is on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Come on. Were you going to argue with this? I mean, come on. The Beatles? That's it. What do you need to say? It depends on who you talk to, truthfully. You know, there's uh, a lot of people that don't like the Beatles. Some of them are on this radio station. Austin really? Horton. Really? Jake Scott. Interesting. Not that they don't like them. They like them. They just think it's overdone. Overrated. Overrated. I get that. There's also always uh, a lot of people who like the Beatles 
don't necessarily like the Stones, and a lot of people who like the Stones don't necessarily like the Beatles. Okay, There's that as well. So the reason uh, we're we're talking about this is uh, you got something you want to throw at me there? Trey? Yeah, I want to throw. This was a fun. This was fun. I had um, I had a uh, I hung out with a buddy on on Saturday evening when we didn't have shows, and we were discussing music. We play music all the time, and. For some reason, the Beatles came on, and we started talking about the Beatles, and then we go through, this has to be one of the best songs of all time. And we start counting down. We, we He looks up the top 100 songs of all time. Now, obviously, these lists, right? There's a million of these lists. There is. This particular list was Rolling Stone magazine. Okay. Which, you which know, is whatever. a reputable source. Well, sure. But again, essentially, it's just somebody's opinion. That's what it comes There's down no to. There's no right answer, right? That's why these lists are fun. Right. So we're going through the list. My head explodes on some of the choices, like everybody, right? Like, that you're crazy, that should be higher, this should be lower. But the two bands that came up the most most often, and they were the most consistent, the Beatles and the Beach Boys. Mm, ooh. So, okay. that then put me down a rabbit hole. Okay. That's the question. This is a segment we've wanted to, you know, kind of mess around with. I like this. I, like I don't know what going. we're going to call it. Okay. But this is, if you have buddies that you hang out with... And you listen to music, you argue. Of course. That's Every, it. Everyone likes something different than everybody and else. It's all, hopefully it's friendly, right? But yeah, there's no right answer. That's why it's fun to, to, to discuss. Okay. Debate. So let's start with that. So the Beatles or the Beach Boys? Wow. That's really tough. And that's why it's fun. Right. It's really tough. Because there's really no right answer. Sure, you can get into, <clears throat> excuse me, who sold more albums? Who this... Who no, that? I don't want to do who sold more albums. No, because that doesn't matter. I think I think hands down that's still the Beatles. But um, but who's who do I like more and why kind of thing? Just again, Beatles or the Beach Boys? I'm going to go Beatles. I really See, I'm am. With you. I got to go Beatles. But however, hold on now. Yeah. Well, no, go ahead. I was just going to say it's it's hard to say that. And, and I got to be honest, the reason I say the Beatles is I listen to them more. When I did Air Supply, we played the Beatles before and after every show. That was walk-in music and walk-out music See, was the cool. Beatles. So it's been ingrained from in my head for 20 years of every night of listening to it. But the Beach Boys' pet sounds? I mean, okay. come on. So then that got me on to... So I agree with you. Oh, you do I on this absolutely one. absolutely Beatles, hands down. Mm. However, so then... What's the best? So, uh, is it Pet Sounds or Abbey Road? I believe they they are both. If I remember the story correctly, didn't John Lennon think Pet Sounds came out first? I believe. Didn't so. Didn't John Lennon say that it was the greatest record of yeah, all time? Yeah. Which then Abbey Road essentially he wanted to Beat rip it, rip it off. Correct. So is it Pet Sounds or is it Abbey Road? Now, Boy. what do you think? Well, so this is I, I have to go Beatles. However, Pet Sounds, it's got one of the greatest songs of all time, God Only Knows. Oh, there's so many and, on uh, that. Wouldn't record. it be nice? I mean Wouldn't it be nice? Now, yeah. Now so Abbey Road for me, not as many favorites. <clears throat> no Excuse me. No. no on that album, not as many favorites. Let's see. Uh, let me let me jump back here. So, Pet Sounds opens up with track one. Wouldn't it be nice? Uh, track two. You still believe in me? Uh, I'm waiting for the. Uh, that's not me. Don't talk, boy. 
There's great songs on no, I here. I mean, I can, but when you look at Abbey Road, again, they're both eleventh, the 11th record from the band. Mm-hmm. But Abbey Road, track by track, is not um, not my go-to. But I'm a... Okay, so then next... Okay, what's your answer? I'm going to lean actually a little towards Pet Sounds on this one. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take a little difference on this. I And the reason why is because it was first. Well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm saying the same thing because... Uh, you know, come together is great, uh, but I I gotta go with Pet Sounds, and I don't love it front to back by any means. But I'm more of a Beatle guy. Now, don't let uh, I could be wrong on this, but with Abbey Road, they really kind of got a little bit more into the experimental side Absolutely. of things. With I mean Maxwell's Silver Hammer, of course, uh, because of course it's got Here Comes the Sun. Mean Mister Mustard is kind of a strange one. Boy, there's there's some great songs okay. on this one too. So next part of the rabbit hole. Okay. Old Beatles, new Beatles. Uh, I shouldn't say new Beatles. I know what you mean. The young, I want to hold your hand. She loves you, Beatles. Mm-hmm. Or Abbey Road, later in the career, uh, you mm. know, psychedelic Beatles. I'm gonna lean actually early Beatles all day. Yeah, you're with me. Introducing the Beatles. I, I don't know if that's the Eng- the the UK version or the US version. They the, the, early in their career they put out. The same record, but in the U.S. it was called one thing, in the U.K. it was something else. Sure. Introducing the Beatles is it's a just a, a spectacular record and proves this is my argument. You know, punk rock music, many rock bands, whatever. Like, oh, it's the same three chords. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's well. There's chord. a reason it's the same Listen, three chords. You don't have to have. It can be brilliant and be three chords. You know, this is stepping off subject a little bit, but I want to talk about the three chords and how different it can sound. If you take the same three chords, let's take uh, G, C, and D. Louie, Louie, right? How many times has the same same song been written over and so, over? So Louie, Louie, pour some sugar on me, and White Snakes, here I go again. Same chords. Same chords. Sure. All of them. Totally different songs, <clears throat> but sure. the same chords. Well, I mean, you know, again, there are only so many. Right. There's, well, there's, there's, well, there's 12 notes. Twelve notes. There's different chords, obviously. Sure. Majors, minors, diminished, sure. augmented. But there's twelve only notes. twelve notes twelve in notes. our Western scale. If you get into the Eastern scales, it's a lot different. There's microtones, but we're not going to go down That's that. That's nerd. Hole. Nobody. Yeah, where we lost people. So to go back <laughs> to your Beatles thing, I I did appreciate what the Beatles did in the later stuff when they got really experimental and they got into. Sure. I mean, I, let's be honest. They, they did a lot of drugs and came up with some crazy song ideas and did some crazy things. And it was great. And Queen even took on that same experimental stuff. If you watch the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, they would take a microphone on a, on the cable strung over a banister and just throw it around the room and hit things. So that might sure. got weird sounds. So I do appreciate that side of the Beatles. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, of the Beatles, the, the songwriting in the later years, but the hits that came out when the Beatles hit, you know, the the shaggy-haired Beatles. Not the super long hippie Beatles, but the shaggy-haired <laughs> Beatles. Well, and again, just, I mean, obviously, we we weren't alive. No. <clears throat> but, the you know, the footage is just, it's so cool to see. Just the, you know, I know they weren't the first that had mass hysteria, but um, right. they were one of the first. So, okay, next part then, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. Better songwriter? Better not again. No right answer. Who? Who? Yeah. You know which I'm gonna, one? I'm going to go Paul on this See, one. See, I got to go with Paul too. Okay, so we're kind of on that same, However, same thing. 
I mean, that's 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 why that's fun. There's no, it's impossible to answer, really, right? right? Uh, so, would would uh, do you do you prefer the uh, Yoko years with John's writing? Absolutely not. Yeah, me neither. Nope. But I think nope. Paul, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought because I've often questioned this: What would John Lennon, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin be writing if they were still alive today? Now, the only closest thing I can get to is Paul McCartney. He's still releasing albums, and they're good, but they're not Beatles good. So early on, uh, I, I guess it was they were sort of vague about who wrote. You know, mm-hmm. they would co-write, right? right. I want to hold your hand. Everybody thrown on it. Yeah, right. it seems like that. You know, it seems to be a little bit uh, vague on who who did what. But then they started writing their own their own songs. So. You know, if you look at some of the credits, I mean, you know, "A Day in the Life," in in my life is a, a Lennon song. That's that was on the list, right? One of the top one hundred songs of all time mm-hmm. in my life is just beautiful. However, uh, I I have to go uh, McCartney as well because next part of the last part of the question or the debate, greatest Beatles song of all time, the greatest Beatles song. Uh, How's that for tricky, boy? Mm. No right answer, no wrong answer. I almost want to go with something off Sergeant Pepper's, mm. which might be Sergeant Pepper's itself. Wrong. Magical Mystery Tour is in there. Uh, There's no wrong answer, <laughs> but that's wrong. Except for that. One. Were you going to say Here Comes the Sun? Absolutely not. Okay, what is this? What, is easy. What is it? Come on. I want to hold I'm, your hand. No, come on. The number one, the best Beatles song of all time. Let I'll give be. you three, three more chances. Uh, there's a lot of them there, buddy. Let's go. Ready? No wrong answer. Come together. Wrong. Uh, plaster caster. Wrong. Oh, sorry, wrong band. Uh, tell me what is it? What is no, it? One more. Go ahead. Uh, because wrong. Okay, what is it? Yesterday. Oh yeah, you're right. Yesterday. You're right. Tell him. I mean, come on. Great song. If I'm uh, I don't remembering know, Black- it, Blackbird. That's why there's no, that's why you can you know, waste seven hours debating this. Easily waste right? seven I mean, hours debating. Again, this. in my life is no is no slouch. But oh, yesterday is, is uh, you know, I I bet Jake Scott likes yesterday. Probably does. He's probably I just mean, yeah. If I remember correctly, it's the most covered song of all time. Yesterday? It's the most covered song of all Even time. Even more than come together. Yeah, wow. I believe it's one. It's That's the impressive. most covered song in in history. This is this is this makes for a real interesting segment, Trent. I I like this a lot. This is something we should continue and and do on a regular oh, we basis could. because we we could spend an hour just on this topic Again, alone, and that's the beautiful part, right? There's there is I'm kidding. There's no wrong answer, but I'm no. joke, I'm joking with right. you. That's the that's the fun part. I mean. You know, you can uh, you can just go on and on and on and talk about it. I love it. And there are so it. many of these, right? So many great bands. So many. Is it is it this guy, that guy, this song, that song? Um, so anyway, yeah. I there I like this yesterday. Okay. If you don't know that song, yeah, I don't even know what to say. I think everyone knows. Everybody that Everybody knows that song, as you should. All right, Trent. I'm going to get into uh, right before we end this segment. Get into this day in music history. This is the segment where we kind of look back on this specific day and talk about 
What happened? And we're talking about obviously September 29 or April 8th. Right, or, yeah, either one you want to look at. And we are going to start. I mean, there's it starts back with a 1957 Buddy Holly and the Crickets, one of my favorite artists of all time, by the way, really? released his second single, Oh Boy, Not Fade Away. 1958, Summertime Blues was released by Eddie Cochran, and it peaked at number 8 in the U.S. and number 18 in the U.K. But I'm going to jump up a little bit here to, uh, let's see, where was it? i got to fast forward. Uh, We're an American Band, 1973 by Grand Funk Railroad, peaked at number 1 on this day. Do you know Connie just passed away? Sweet Connie, the one that they refer to in the song. She just passed away. 1977, the uh, Star Wars theme Cantina Band, number one, buddy. No. On this day, number one. No. Yeah, how about that? Imagine that. That's on Miko Hits. But let's get into the 80s here. Actually, we're going to start right before that. 1979, Message in a Bottle by the Police peaked at number one in the U.K., what a great thing. 1984, Bananarama's Cruel Summer. Great song. Peaked at number nine. Also, 1984, Drive by the Cars. Another great song. Peaked at number three. Yeah. 1984, Let's Go Crazy by Prince and the Revolution. What do you think that one peaked? Three. Number one. Of course. Of course, right? Number one. Uh, let's see. Torture in 1984 by the Jackson peaked at uh, number 17. And also, When You Close Your Eyes by Night Ranger peaked at number 14. This day in music history in 1984 was a big day, which is why I wanted to jump up to that. So backing up, correct, 1,600 recorded versions of yesterday. Jeez. It's the, the uh, according to uh, Guinness World Records, it's the most covered song 1600 versions that's impressive what do you think number two of all time of of the Beatles songs no of of the most covered songs in history oh Freebird <laughs> Sweet Home Str- strangely it's not a I mean it's another uh, give me right like I can't get no satisfaction oh uh, yeah Rolling Stones right? covered covered covered, covered. Meaning... most covered songs okay. in music history I like that yeah that's like a that. fun list we can get to all right, we're going to take another short break, and we're going to pay some bills. Uh, this is the Music and Concert Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone. This is 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. You're listening to the Music and Concert Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone. Welcome back, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. This is the Music and Concert Zone, Johnny Lightfoot. Trent Falcone. What up? Depeche Mode. How about this? Did you ever go to the Bay? How many people are oh, dancing man. in their cars right now? Wow. Back to the Bay. And, yeah. Uh, I tried not to go a lot, but I, I did end up there once I'm in a while. I'm really not being sarcastic when I say this. Wasn't there a place called Confetti's? Uh, Am I, I making that a, up? There's a restaurant called Confetti's. No, it was like a it was a new wave dance club a long time Probably. ago. Am I making it up? Is it something. the one you're thinking over on 2100 20, uh, South? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. Yeah. Is that what it was called? I think you're right now, yeah. Depeche yes. Mode all wow. day. You know who's a big Depeche Mode fan? Uh, many people. Hans Olsen. Get out of town. Yeah. And a Neil Diamond fanatic. Right, right. The most, well, who am I to say? I mean, good, yeah, great, great. 
I've given bizarre him bizarre combination, but good for you. I've given him a lot of hard times on air about Depeche Mode being his favorite band, and uh, not his favorite band, but one of his favorite bands. But he's not wrong. But how can I hey, look when you hear albums like this, or songs like the one we just bumped in with? It's amazing. So we are talking for our vintage vinyl. We're talking about Depeche Mode's Violator album. This was released in March nineteenth, nineteen ninety. Trent, name uh, this. I mean, this record took over. Yeah. This was everywhere. Four singles. Sorry to steal your thunder. Go no, ahead. no, you are fine. So this was the seventh studio album by the English electronic music Depeche Mode, which shockingly, I didn't expect this to be 1990s when you first heard it. I thought it would be a little earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, this was released on Mute Records uh, through Sire and Reprise in the United States. Or Sir and Reprise, sorry. Uh, this preceded the singles, and you're going to know every one of these, Personal Jesus, Enjoy the Silence, Policy of Truth, and World in My Eyes. Violator reached number two, Trent, on the UK albums charts, and it was the first, uh, the band's first album to chart inside the top ten of the Billboard 200. It hit number seven here in the U.S., and of course, the album was supported by the World Violation Tour. Man, again, uh, name a big. Uh, this record was huge, right? All four of those singles. The reason this this popped into my brain uh, the other night at Alanis Garbage just played that mid that or is it the beginning of Personal Jesus? Yes, they that, did. They went in. It's in the That's how they started. They put it in the middle of one of their songs. I was just like, oh my goodness, that that reminded me of this record and then i just i just couldn't stop with it and uh what an amazing album if you don't you know all of those songs you know all four of those songs if you don't check out spotify and uh again i when this came out i was all about metal me too and i um well that's not true when it, this is about the time i started to appreciate uh this style of music and this the reason this one threw me off, right? No guitars. Right. It was all synth-based. No guitars. Com- computer music. I didn't know what to do. Early computer what, music. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with it. I, I just thought, oh, well, how how can this be true? So uh, good. And they're spectacular. Uh, you wouldn't, again, sometimes you, you just assume like, well, how does that how does that convert live? And it's it's amazing. They played at USANA it's a couple years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Right? Sold out show, of course. And my God, when when they played um, "Enjoy the Silence," as you can imagine, one of those moments, man. It's you know when there's twenty thousand people singing the chorus. Yeah, it's they awesome, know every right? word. That keyboard, you know, the hook on the keyboard, the majestic keyboard. So good, unbelievable, unbelievable record and and songs. So good, so good. Well, uh, Depeche Mode, Violator is our vintage vinyl. This was Trent's pick, and Trent, this is a good pick. Good it's job. a solid album. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can put that on and have some and, and smile. All right, it's time to get into the concert calendar of upcoming shows, sponsored by Live Nation. And Trent, I'm going to start off with uh, the two shows. Basically, well, there's three shows remaining for USANA until next year, uh, September 29th, which is, hey, tonight. Yes, I got to go. You got to go. It's uh, the Doobie Brothers rescheduled, obviously, from 9-2 of 2020. So if you're on your way, get there quick. Doobie Brothers. Now, uh, Saturday, October 2nd, Pitbull. That's going to be a fun show. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. And then, of course, ending the season for uh, USANA, and this is a big one, October 5th. It's a Tuesday night. 
311. It's going to be a party out there for that show. Yeah, absolutely. They're always a good time. Oh. And you want to talk about you want to talk about fans. Man, 311 fans are Oh yeah. They're no joke. They are no joke. They um, I'm not a real Grateful Dead guy, but they remind me of the Grateful Dead and Fish. And I think they're better. That's well, I mean, as far as their fans go. Oh yeah, absolute, die hard. Yes, like no joke. That that is a serious fan base. So and tickets are still available for these shows. They're getting close to being sold out. So if you've been thinking about it, uh, especially Doobie Brothers or I'm sorry, not Doobie Brothers, uh, Pitbull or uh, a 311. Now is your chance. Go get those tickets. You can drop off at LiveNation.com. Grab them there, right? Well, and uh, yeah, I have to say too, there's a uh, <clears throat> another couple of really cool ones. John Legend as Sandy Amphitheater. Amphitheater. That's amazing. Same night as as uh, Pitbull. John Legend. That's going to be amazing. That's Seriously. pretty cool. That's way cool. I did a Christmas show, I believe, with him, and it he's. You know he's he's smooth. If you're not familiar with his voice, that's a that's a great uh, a great dinner record. And then also another one, um, Jimmy Eat World and Taking Back Sunday, cool. October thirteenth at the Union. Again, another great rock show. Jimmy Eat World, another uh, was that nineties when they, they had uh, the late, huge late nineties, late nineties, yeah. maybe early two thousands. One of those records where there was like seven singles off the record. A, you know, a great band. Taking Back Sunday was uh, was a uh, you know kind of a more of a metal thing, but man, great show. Great, still show. great shows coming. There's a ton of great shows coming. Like I say, Usana's winding down uh, with the 311 show, but don't fear. There's still going to be shows at Vivint. There's going to be shows at the Depot. There's going to be shows at Liquid Joe's, Maverick Center, Maverick Center the Complex. There's still tons of live shows. We're still going to keep them coming. And we're going to be talking about them. Trent, great show tonight. I love the new segment you threw in. I think that's going to be interesting to talk about. And uh, hey, if any of you have some ideas for vintage vinyls, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Johnny Lightfoot One. Let me know if there's something you want us to talk about, and we will be happy to do it. it this has been the Music and Concert Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. All day.